You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, I have Beck Bowman. It's Beck's dulcet tones that you heard on the intro. Beck is a good friend of mine from the Social Impact Network, also part of our Just Design Collective, and I think most importantly, is a fantastic presenter on RTRFM. You'll hear her on Artbeat and All City. Welcome back to Max's Island. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Great. So, Beck, the you've done the intro, so you know what it's about, what it's about, and how important it is for our listeners to know one of those times in your life where you've done something a little different. Now, you're a bit different to the rest because you've done many. I know you've done lots of things that are a bit different to the rest, and, <laughs> and where you've. Um, not taken advice or taken your own advice to do things. <laughs> so I'm really interested to know what little story you're going to use today. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I was thinking about this for a while and I thought what I wanted to talk about is what we don't talk about, uh, which is money. So I have done a lot of weird things and I've done them, I guess, because I've been fortunate enough to hear some very good advice when I was younger that meant that I could, you know, not stay in the job or not stay in the country <laughs> even and it take some chances that maybe I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So before we get to the specific story, where did that advice come from? So Anybody in particular or just a group it, of people? No, it didn't come from... It, 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 it did come from someone in particular. And it, it, it's really interesting because I grew up in a family that didn't discuss money. So my mum doesn't even check her bank balance. I don't think she, you know, she just is in complete denial. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know was kind of brought up in a single parent household with a lot of children and living off you know either while I was younger um I guess essentially payments and then you know mum went back to work as a carer and 
and was able to support us that way, but still without ever really looking at her finances in any kind of real way, as long as we had enough to kind of get us through the week. And, and you know, I can remember some pretty, pretty tough times from that. Like, when we did discuss money, it was always in terms of scarcity. So I remember when I was in primary school, there were times when for dinner we'd have, you know, half a Whitbix and <laughs> one half of the Whitbix was Vegemite and Marge and then on the other half of the Whitbix was Honey and Marge and like that was our that was our dinner and dessert kind of thing, you know, I remember uh, and she'll probably kill me for this, but she was never going to listen to it, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, I remember mum having to like pawn stuff off when we were in primary school to pay for to pay for things, and so whenever money did come into the conversation, or not even into the conversation, because we never talked about these things, but into our consciousness, it was always about how much we didn't have and how much that was a shameful thing mm, interesting so you've, you've, you've just created a really interesting bed for us to work from so this is obviously guiding your decision today as to what story you're going to tell yeah so the 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 result of all that was that i uh became well the result of many things was that i became quite independent quite young and had my first part-time job from before I was 14 so you know from right from the very beginning and I was always saving money because I knew that I knew two things I knew that what I wanted to do was to travel and I knew that my parents weren't going to pay for that Um. (laughs) And this advice that I referred to earlier that I I was given was to spend your money where your happy is. And that really has been something that has guided me through my kind of adventures with money and adventures in life since then. So when I talk about spend your money where your happy is, I mean don't it, it, it kind of refers to I guess intentional spending and intentional saving so a lot of the times we spend money on things that don't it, it's just kind of frittered you know and I'm still guilty of it mm-hmm. like please I'm, like, I'm not perfect <laughs> but you know we'll have that you know takeaway coffee in the morning or we'll we'll kind of go out for dinner a few times a week and always have, you know, the cocktail and the mains and and it's not something that we give consideration to when maybe what you really appreciate is, you know, the brunch on a Saturday morning. And I'm using food examples here because I'm very hungry. <laughs> what what you really value is that brunch. That good brunch on a Saturday morning with a few close friends. And thinking about that as a guide for how you're using your resources. And what I like about it is that it's not about scarcity. It's about choosing an abundance that is going to make you 
happy. So I see. I find that interesting because I think ultimately we all actually try to spend our money in areas that make us happy, and sometimes that perhaps is a little bit frittering away. But I think we're in an age now where we do pursue things that make us happy. And it may be that coffee in the morning. Mm. Um, that, you know, that may be that brunch. Absolutely, so, man. If you live next to the restore, then, yeah. you know, if, if you've got a good coffee shop next to you, get the good coffee in the morning. And yeah. it's like, yeah. So, tell us the story so, of where this... I guess where that became bigger. Yeah then, you know, brunch and cocktails and coffee is when I um, st and started getting to a point where it was not time for me to buy a house because, you know, there is no time frame. Like, let's just, you know, <laughs> um, not subscribe to that. But I was in a position where I could buy a house. I'd saved up enough money that run this is through you know since being 14 saving money from every pay and i'd saved up a significant amount of money i could buy a house and i realized that if i was going to do that then i had to think very carefully about where and what i was going to to buy because so what time Frame are we talking here? How many years ago? This was about, this is 2011. So, so if not long ago. Yeah, if you're in WA, <laughs> it was kind of peak. Peak time. Peak, peak boomy time. Uh, so, you know, I had these opportunities to buy houses that I could have afforded. And, uh, like, I could, have, I could have afforded them. I could have brought in an inner city suburb, but... If I had done that, then every single cent that I earned for the rest of my life <laughs> would have gone to this 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 house. And I had banks, you know, just the classics classic stories of banks kind of like trying to push more money on you and saying, you know, you like you can actually you can borrow up to this much amount and and kind of having to um, stop that heady heady feeling and think about what it is that you really want and what I wanted was somewhere that I could call home somewhere that I could create community and somewhere that I could leave for periods of time to travel without it compromising the the payments obviously, uh, and compromising kind of my financial future. So I ended up buying a house in a very undesirable suburb in Perth. So is that near where you grew up? It is near where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. So it's about 10 minutes away from where I grew up. I wasn't that worried about it because I'd always lived in pretty dodgy areas. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, now I live in a house that I get to live in alone. It's a three by one, it's an older house and even though, and, I, and I'm now kind of like, what's, what year is it, 2019, I'm now eight, eight years down the road, I'm in a position where my, where I'll have it paid off by the time I'm 40. So, you know, within that 10 year, 
10 year frame. And that has been a really kind of defining thing for me. So, you know, I'm not like obviously like there's some humble bragging there but <laughs> but uh quite genuinely that that decision to buy this property to pay it off within this time frame has really kind of defined and allowed for the decisions that I have made regarding where I spend my time and what other things I do with my life that's really interesting because I'm you know, aware of your thoughts and, and passions around social equity and the belief in people and, mm. and, and, the, and people doing the right things. And so it's interesting that your financial situation allows you to, to do some of those things. And I know you've just completed your MBA. Oh gosh, I'm so close. So oh. close, nearly, nearly finished. So, oh so that's again. It's obviously allowed you to do that. Yeah, no, it's definitely allowed me to do that. Of you know, three units off. But interestingly, what it's really opened up for me is community and networks of community within that suburb itself. So has that changed in the eight, nine years that you've been there? Absolutely. I think that when I first when I first moved in, it was very particular kind of vibe. And that has that's changed over the time I've been there. So, you know, there's been times where things are a bit rougher. And there's been a bit more trouble around the place. And, you know, we've been in the news a little bit more often than usual. Um, But just over the last year or so, we've really kind of... I've really started connecting with people who are wanting to create positive change for the community. So I'm part of a town team. I don't know if you know much about town teams. Yeah, fully aware yeah. of that, yeah. So Perhaps you could explain just quickly. Yeah, so town teams, town teams are working, I guess, from a placemaking perspective to make, to, to kind of create more vibrant local communities. So we are just babies. We're just babies. <laughs> but we're kind of doing a few things around the area and uh, the area that with the aim to make it a more livable city or a more livable suburb and how many what what sort of the the percentage in the town team group that are locals that have been there a long time oh yeah we well, yeah all of us yep yeah and and all of us been there for a long time and interestingly all of us have connected, even though it's not a political organisation, all of us have connected through associations with local council. So on the one hand, we've got this this town team that operates outside the local council. It's a very, it's a, you know, kind of citizens, guerrilla, placemaking, like, group. But we've been connected through our associations with people on the local council and that is really I think something that people also don't think about when they start thinking about 
where they're going to buy and where they're going to live. That, that's really interesting because I think now there is a, a much greater opportunity to create better mm. spaces, better suburbs, better areas to live and that it's not always now defined by the history. No. There's opportunities for a community. And I think that we do it much better than we ever ever did before. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, you go into your, your suburb and your home, you don't know your neighbours and all of that. Mm. I'm, I'm not convinced that that is totally the case. I think there's a fair, in, in certain areas, there is a significant amount of people like yourself and the town teams who are actually getting out there mm. and really influencing the way the, the community exists and not leaving it up to the local council to do that and, yeah. and, and working with them to, to make it a place. So, so you can move an area that may be perceived as being rough or less fashionable and in a very short space of time, you can make it safe, uh, exciting, enjoyable, um, lots of activities and, and a real community. And I think because you're doing it from this perspective of, of being outside the council and being engaged citizens, I think you can do it in a way that is not gentrification and that still carries along the unique history of the place to create a future for everyone rather than you know, the pasting over of middle-classness, <laughs> beigeness yeah. um, well, into well, the area. Well, so, gentrification, I think, yeah. is is probably more market-driven than people-driven. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's, it's, it's developers, and I'm not saying anything against mm. people that are, are developing and improving areas from a physical point of view, but the fact is most of the time that comes where there's opportunities to make money, to yeah. buy cheap, sell, sell up, and attract people to the area based on those principles as opposed to the people living there going actually no we want to improve our community with what we've got yeah and we don't need to knock half it over and rebuild it in a different way mm. to to make that happen yeah exactly and uh, you know unfortunately there are a few things happening within the local council that definitely would follow that path of knocking things down um, but you know, we're also. I'm also connected with activists who are who are working for mm. that not to happen. So it's really, it's really been a positive thing for me to be part of something that is bigger than myself, while still enabling my own financial independence. So do you think that when you made that decision to go down this path, to go down this particular journey of, of, of buying and probably against the, the old saying of buying the worst house on the best, best street, street. Yeah. You, you bought a house <laughs> in a... In a in, on the worst street, uh, trust me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but things change and uh, it, it's interesting that do you think you would have been as active if you'd gone into a suburb, he said you had the opportunity to, to, to move more in a city or be closer to the city, do you think you would have, uh, there would have been the opportunities to build these communities? I think, I mean, I like to think I would have been still involved because that's just the kind of person that I am. But I suspect I probably would have been more of a passive recipient of the community that I was in. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, talking about communities, and I'm just going to digress here, and Mm. and this is, 
I'm the mayor of Max's Island, so sometimes yeah. I can guide the, the conversation <laughs> a little bit. So I know that you also made um, a decision to enter the world of being a radio presenter. Mm-hmm. The decision to do that a couple of years ago, I'd like to know what influenced you to do that and whether that was a, again, something that people had said, oh, you know, or whether you challenged yourself or challenged other people's advice to do that. I think I think that grew out of not wanting to work full-time. So the other thing is that I probably I haven't worked full-time in the traditional sense since, 2016 beginning of 2016 is the last time I worked full-time and and that again was a decision that I intentionally made just just because I didn't want to work full-time like I just (laughs) just didn't want to do it um and I wanted to have that time that one day a week two days a week where I could just do something really creative and part because you know we talked a little bit about growing up and and part of my career choices was also very pragmatic I went into a career where you know it's very difficult for me to be out of work uh, I have to really work at it mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wanted to do something that was creative and that kind of fueled filled that part of me and I have always loved music and I've always loved talking uh so I was kind of drawn towards towards the training at RTR which is a community radio station in Perth and it was it's really been one of the best decisions that I've made because I just I love it um it's really gives me a structure to my week it's given me the opportunities to interview some amazing people who are doing just wonderful things in the art space so the program that I I present in in collaboration with a few other people is is about arts and there are so many amazing thing people doing amazing things everywhere yeah and where I really get excited is where that intersects with social well-being and health and all of those kind of things. Yeah, so, and you've just introduced another decision that you made, and this is what Max's Island about, all those times where you've done things that have been a little different, and that was choosing to go part-time in your work, mm. or not, not, and, and that perhaps has been driven by your, your decision and your journey to purchasing your house, giving you the, the freedom to be able to do that. Mm. Uh, but to then that allowed you to pursue a creative opportunity, uh-huh. another path is, is fantastic. So uh, it, it, it's interesting in life, we often look for stability, which means we don't do anything different. Mm. And sometimes that little bit of instability and doing something a little bit different actually leads to a whole lot of other things that ironically fill your life and create stability. And, and interestingly, where I have my stability is my house. Yes. It's kind of the place that I always come back to. Which is 
for me personally knowing you for as a as a a soul that gets involved in so many things moves around you know like as you said likes to travel and the times you've spent in Europe and in India and all of those places that it's still great to have that base that yeah. that knowledge of that you do have a home in a community that you like and mm. and that's very much part of you and you can have have both the freedom but also knowing that there's that safe place to go to yeah absolutely and that's kind of yeah that's kind of that's what I set out to do that's what I'm in the the process of doing you know there's still there's still room for improvement there um but that's what I set out to do and I often as much as sometimes I think oh god it would be it would be so much easier just to have a little flat like (laughs) in a gated community and (laughs) you know I think that I just uh, yeah I feel really good about where I am now fantastic well, Beck, thanks very much for being on Max's Island today. Thank you. I uh, really was looking forward to this conversation, really keen to have you um, on Max's Island, albeit you did make a short visit early on when you did the recording for ah. the intro, which is uh, fantastic and um, is a bit of a signature piece to, to the intro audio. Just before we go, though, and I hope that you do take the opportunity just to plug anything that you want, but in particular, perhaps what you're doing on RTR, the shows that you uh, do. And, and you've just given us a little bit of an insight into Artbeat, but also perhaps you could give us an insight into the other oh, shows. So the other show that I'd present is All City, which is a hip-hop show. Um, Radiothon is coming up this month, so make sure that you listen out for that. The really great thing about RTR is that it is a community radio station which means that we don't get funding, you know, we're not government controlled, we're not corporate controlled, and every music, every piece of music that you hear is hand-selected by our presenters. So no one is telling us what to play, which is really unique in, in radio. Often, you might not know this, but often you're kind of being drip-fed the same songs from the same record companies over and over again. So supporting community radio is really important, keeping that creativity alive and supporting WA artists through like the medium of radio. Great. Thank you very much. <laughs> Look forward to listening to you in the weeks to come. Thanks, Beck. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life Each day was a blur Oh work and no play And how, how had it turned out this way He told me his plan A short-term escape Five weeks on the Bibbulmin track Go it alone, no one to blame If he finished
Phone and nothing. 